Welcome to the Com Center with Drew Breezy. Tonight we've got a game show episode for you. That's right, we're going to do Celebrity Jeopardy or Celebrities in Jeopardy. We're going to play 911 calls from all your favorite celebrities and all the celebrities you actually don't like. We're also going to cover some heavy news in the media, so just brace yourself for that. A little dose of reality, and then we're going to have some fun tonight. But it's your favorite show of the week, the Com Center with Drew Breezy. All that and what it means for your weekend tonight. The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Shootings in New York City have more than doubled this year. Guns up and giddy up. Guys, this is Failure to Stop. This is the number one podcast and platform where we entertain and inform first responders and our friends. This is a wonderful show that we have here. This is the Comm Center with Drew Breezy with veteran detective Andrew Baxter. He's our lieutenant in charge of the communications room tonight. I'm John. I've been a 911 dispatcher for about eight years. I'm still doing it. Drew's retired. Uh, we're, we switched places, thankfully, so that we're in the, the correct place. Uh, Drew is on a, a marathon day of podcasting. He's working hard all day, but it's been a it's been a long week since I have seen him since our long episode. So I just wanted to check in with you, Drew. How are you doing? First of all, uh, I, I'm doing good. Like I, I would love to tell you that I'm doing great, but I'm not. Um, so <clears throat> check this out. We're, we're going to cover it in the news, but uh, somebody I used to work with, actually two guys I used to work with, were seriously injured today. Uh, it all has relevance to what we're talking about here, but <clears throat> it, it actually has more relevance to um, like uh, traumatic events that I always talk about. And it's the it, it's in the dispatch world what uh, cops or firefighters, uh, s- s- paramedics sometimes don't understand is um, being an audible witness to something is a uh, is a pretty heavy load. It's a pretty pretty de- uh, heavy deal. So what I mean by that is when you're a 911 operator and you're, you're on a 911 call and you're trying to get information out of somebody or whatever, you're hearing what's going on in real time and you're hearing the wails and the screams and the, uh, the pleas and, the, and everything else. Um, and there is no substitute for when it's happening in real time. By the time the cops get there, more often than not, the person's lost consciousness or may not even be alive anymore. Um, but... Uh, when you're on the phone with, you know, these people, uh, there's a good chance that uh, you're hearing them uh, maybe take their last breaths or whatever. So I, I, I've been uh, peppered all day. I'm just trying to be real with with everybody here. I, I'm just I feel a little down, exhausted is probably a better term. Um, it, you know, not to mention, I just did another podcast, uh, interviewed Tom Rizzo from street cop training, not a big deal. Uh, but at any rate, um, these guys were injured today very seriously. Um, and I made the mistake of, uh, somebody pointed me towards the Facebook video and told me, Hey, the video's on there if you want to watch it. And I, and I watched it. I not only watched it, I shared it, uh, not for the shock value, uh, but to let people, know, see, and understand exactly what law enforcement does. Um, and, and 
uh, what, uh, just to bring it around to what I'm talking about being an audible witness, I, I could hear the scream of, uh, of the, uh, of Corporal Carlos Brito, who I know personally, um, and uh, I know his voice, and uh, I, I can, to this second, uh, replay that in my head, hearing him yell. Now, uh, he was the most seriously injured out of the two. They both are in critical condition. Uh, Carlos is more than likely going to have his leg amputated. Um, <clears throat> part of his femur was stuck in in the, the car. Uh, and this all stemmed from a senseless act of a guy who was in a schizo, schizophrenic episode. Uh, so it's going to tie into what we're talking about. But I just want to kind of give uh, the public an idea not to bring anybody down or, or, or whatever. It's going to happen. Like uh, this show, we, we cover heavy things, but we're going to recover with some uh, very lighthearted stuff in the, at the end, I promise, because that's what John and I do for one another. But, um, you know, just think of your dispatchers. Think of your 911 people who never get closure on, on some of these cases of, of actually what they hear. I mean, sometimes they're audible witnesses to suicide. Sometimes they're audible witnesses to horrific traffic uh, crashes where you're hearing the moaning and the groaning of the last breaths that somebody's taking while they're still alive or, or sometimes they're witnesses to murder uh, when somebody's on the phone and they end up getting shot they hear the gunshots and they're not able to get anybody to answer them so uh, that's kind of what we're, do we're doing for this show I mean I, I really am not trying to scare people away uh, and I definitely don't want to play that video here you can go to uh, our comp center Facebook page uh which was newly created we can go you can go to our com center facebook group which we're uh, simulcasting on uh you, you can google it for all intents and purposes the, the video is out there but it is very horrific and it's very tragic to watch this car speeding towards these deputies and they really don't have any time to react whatsoever and they get pinned between this uh, maniac's car and their own large SUV and it just to, to put an exclamation point on it, it it as the crow flies it's maybe 1.1 miles away from uh, a guy I used to work with uh, his name was Brian Levine he was um, he was a corporal a master corporal with our agency he was uh, on his second to last day he had worked 30 some odd years in law enforcement and he was on his second to last day in some crazy same kind of scenario guy just uh, in a schizo ep episode uh, pulled out of an apartment complex uh, in the same area and drove right at him and uh, killed him. So uh, this, you know, that happened, I think 2021, maybe January, 2021. So uh, still kind of fresh, um, you know, Brian and I, it, it's just, it's bizarre when you've, you got somebody that was in your passenger seat, not more than three or four years ago, who's, uh, you know, I, and you know, I made it to retirement and he did it, you know, it's, it's not a survivor's guilt thing. It's just kind of a morbid thought, but, uh, look, I'm tired of bringing everybody down. John rescue me here. There's uh, there's plenty of bad stuff to talk about, but there's also some good stuff to talk about, yeah. but uh, we got to get through the bad stuff first. First of all, just, um, I'll, you know, I, I'll just do it. Heavenly father, we pray for the deputy and the, the corporal injured today. We pray for Drew's friends. We know that, uh, you can watch over them, bless them, and heal them, and everyone that was affected. Uh, we ask that you use this evil for good and uh, influence people's lives for the better. Amen. Um, I think Amen. Uh, cops everywhere uh, all need a prayer like that, and I don't. I don't think that. I don't think prayer is uh, minor or something that you do as a last resort. 
sometimes you'll hear people say all we can do is pray. I think that uh, school shootings are designed to make people cynical about prayer because uh, people say thoughts and prayers to the victims and then society throws back, well, you know, that's not anything. Well, the truth is, is getting God on your side and getting your plans in accordance with his will is everything. Off my soapbox, now I'm, I've given my sermon for the day. I appreciate you guys uh, listening. Even if, uh, you know, you're not a person of faith, I think uh, caring enough uh, to call out to something to act for good in this world sure. is a good thing. But we need to uh, move on because this actually is a comedy show. Uh, <laughs> like we we try Sorry, to we try to one. entertain and inform, but we're we're a comedy show. Like tonight, uh, we are full blown comedy. Uh, but uh, I'm going to transition over to some other news, which is not more lighthearted. Uh, but I had someone in the Wolfpack reach out to me. They wanted me to discuss something that uh, pissed them off, and they, it pissed them off because they're a 988 operator. And as someone who operates 911, I was very interested. As you guys. No, uh, 988 came online in 2022, so it's been a little over a year. Uh, they're the mental health cr- crisis line. It's the reason why everyone has to dial an area code now with their phone number. It's a 10-digit number uh, because 988 at one point was an area code, and now it's the mental health line. Anyway, so CNN has this to say about 988. This is their headline. Millions have used the 988 mental health crisis line, but most say they wouldn't turn to it again. First of all, just thank you, CNN, for dumping on uh, the efforts of people who are trying to engage meaningfully in people's lives and trying to change them for the better. And what, as we have, what are they doing we to contribute to the, the betterment of society? People, killing more people than 988 is <laughs> failing to save. Uh, I wanted to say that right off the bat, uh, but I'll just go into the article. I'll talk briefly, and I'm going to try to keep this all brief because we've kind of gone on for a bit. And uh, I want to explain everything that is going on with this. So CNN says the 988 suicide and crisis lifeline has received millions of calls and texts. You could text 988 and online messages since it launched, but a new study suggests that it might not be reaching its full potential, which is a code for failure or something. People (laughs) with severe psychological distress were more likely than others to have heard of 988 and to have used it according to research that was published Tuesday in the JAMA network open. I don't know what that is. But overall, a quarter of the people said they would be very likely uh, they would be very likely to turn to 98 in the future if they had a loved one experiencing a mental health crisis or suicidality. And less than a third of the people with severe psychological distress who had already tried the lifeline would be likely to use it again. So to summarize, only a, a, about a third, 33% said they would not come back. Um, they surveyed 5,000 people out of the 50 million calls that was sort of their pool, they took 5,000 of that, which is 0.1%, which I ran the numbers today because it was driving me nuts. I hate statistics because you can use statistics to lie about anything. I found that with a sample size of 0.1%, you can actually get pretty close to 99% you know, reliability with a small margin of error. So like their research, I guess the numbers themselves make sense. But they're also having this uh, independent firm evaluate 988, which takes a lot of uh, money from the federal government, which means we have grant strings in here, which means if they if they sign off on it and say it works great, then we don't need them to ever evaluate 988 again. So it's just like global warming or anything else where if the person doing the research says it's all fine, then they're they're cutting themselves off at the at the funding. You know, they're closing their own purse strings, essentially. Um, and so they have a reason to not tell the truth on this. So. Uh, what strikes me about this is that, uh, although the stats don't necessarily indicate failure, uh, 
what is it that exactly that you want from 988? I, I would say that a, fr a number of people who are calling 988, first of all, they're doing it because they're in crisis. They want to they want to talk about their suicide suicidal ideation in a discreet way. The problem with that is is that a lot of times when uh, someone is dialing 988 to talk about the suicidal ideation, it does escalate into a police call. They don't want the police to show up because that's the whole point to them is dialing 988 and they think they can avoid that. Well, as a 988 operator, uh, you're taking, you're, you're doing a battery of questions. You know, you're saying, do you have a plan? You know, have you been thinking about this? Do you have a history of this? Are you gauging a parasuicidal behavior right now? Are you actively harming yourself? Do you have access to lethal means? Are you willing to commit to a safety plan and they're not willing to do these things? Then they have to get 911 involved. And they do that in a couple of different ways, depending either they get the person's okay and then they bring on 911 or they'll have a partner call 911 and try to get them the, the help that they need. Uh, but a lot of times uh, callers to 988 are not happy because all of a sudden the police are outside. Well, again, they're living in this fantasy land where they think they can call 988 and nothing like that will happen. Uh, the truth is, is that 988 has a, a burden, you know, to meet, to, to send police officers to intervene on that. The other thing about 988 is that a lot of people use it like a crutch where they're, they go through a crisis. Uh, they, you know, they're going through a crest of uh, mental health problems. They call 988. They get talked down from the proverbial edge or the literal edge. And then uh, they get provided with resources by 988. But then these callers never go and get those resources, right? Like 988 is supposed to buffer problem or I shouldn't say problem, but they're supposed to buffer the suicidal people from the 911 system, right? If they just want to talk about it, if they just want to deal with the problems, they want to talk it through, but they don't, they're not actually going, they're not about to do it, right? 988 is perfect for that. But then you need to go see a therapist, right? You need to go see a counselor. Well, these people won't go and do the, take up these resources because it costs time, it costs money, it costs embarrassment. It's so much easier to just, instead of forming a relationship with a therapist, to just call on 988 and constantly cycle through. The other thing is a lot of people abuse the system. Uh, they just want a, a ride to the hospital and things like that. And that's obviously, you know, not really what 988 was, was for. Drew, did you have a point there? No, I was coughing, but, uh, Sorry, I'm not you're, looking you're at right. You. I, no, no, no. It, it's, um, you, you know, as well as I do, we, we used to call them frequent flyers and all that other stuff on exactly. this show, even like, so don't, don't think for one second that, you know, people who aren't like mentally ill or even just on this side of mentally ill that are lonely. Like yeah. don't, don't think for one second that they don't have those attention seeking behaviors, but you can't turn anybody away because you never know when they're serious or when they're not. I mean, yeah, this could be the, it's the just one, frustrating so. to me because first of all, I guess I want to say, uh, I saw this in a meme and memes are normally pretty glib and you shouldn't like live your life based on memes. But the meme said, we are a society that mourns suicide, but we also mock people who are trying to improve their mental health. Like, yeah, particularly for true. police officers and people in this field, you know, we know there's a stigma attached to it. We know that you can't even, your admin can't even find out that you're going through this stuff or it could mean termination. We've talked about that. Um, you don't want to look like you're anything less than your best in front of your coworkers when you depend on each other for your life. So there's a stigma about people seeking help, but then, so they don't reach out and they don't call 988, they don't get the resources they need, and then they end up killing themselves, Drew. I mean, uh, you know, we had four Los Angeles County Sheriff's deputies take their lives within 24 hours this week. Um, yeah. So with that in mind, I just want to encourage you guys, don't believe what CNN tells you. 988 uh, is not perfect. They've only been around for a little over a year. They want to give you the resources. 
that you need. And you have to remember too that it's a nationwide thing. When you do call, it's based on your on your area code. So you're going to talk to somebody who's near you. And if they're not available, you'll go to the next av available person. They'll give you resources in your area. Just a little breakdown of what the difference is between the various three-digit numbers. You know, if you're going through you know, a budgetary crisis, you got laid off from your job, you're having problems with food, housing, utility assistance, transportation, legal services, counseling. 211 is good for that. Uh, if you have a suicidal crisis, ideation, thoughts of suicide, substance abuse issues, emotional distress. If you're a veteran, you call 988 and one of the first questions they ask you uh, is if you're a veteran and they divert you to a, a special program that's just for you because you have unique needs. 911, of course, is medical, fire, crime, abductions, domestic violence. I would say if a, a suicide is in progress, if a homicide is in progress, go straight to 911. 988 is going to escalate calls to 911 as appropriate, so just be aware of that. I mean, there's no reason to hide that from you. Uh, but just do take care of yourself. CNN has no other offer for you on, on what's going to help you. 988 is stepping no. into the gap. They're not perfect, but uh, I would rather have you do it than not do it. Uh, CNN is creating this problem. I mean, you know, it's not doesn't rest fully on CNN's shoulders, but they're creating this narrative in society that police are bad and, and you know, there's this mass exodus uh, within the profession. It's not necessarily always just because of leadership that's bad. It's because of societal pressures. And, and you know, because of that, we had to create things like this uh, Florida Helpline. I've talked about it before, 866-FLORIDA-HERO. Um, you know, it's for first responders because uh, in the website itself, it's called Last to Ask because uh, normally uh, first responders are usually the last to ask for help. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you have uh, if you want to put uh, human, you know, I know both of these guys now that I see his face. Uh, you want to put human faces to the name. The other guy on the right is Carlos Brito, Corporal Brito. And that's um, Deputy Santos there. And this is the car. Uh, this is like you can see where they were. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, that's yeah. where they were. And uh, it's pretty tough to. Yeah. So all of this leads to the, the 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 pressures. So then, when you've got societal pressures telling you that you're not good enough, or that you know you go out every day and you risk your lives, but you know even I'll tell you, um, I was I was texting with a friend who was giving me information, kind of updates as things were progressing, and he's like, look. You know, this thing is live. The press conference is live on Facebook, and some ladies in here talking about that's why you send mental health professionals to these calls and not police. And and you know, that that's the exact pressure I'm talking about. That that is exactly what I'm talking about. That's what's causing four suicides in one agency in a day. Uh, this was in Los Angeles County. The the four deputies died by apparent suicide. Two of them were, um, or three of them were active employees. Uh, one of them was a commander, which I believe is a captain, maybe a major level, uh, but he had a command and, and had everything going for him. 25-year veteran, he, he killed himself in his house. One was a retired sergeant, um, so uh, just retired last year. So, uh, again, what, what does that tell you uh, about – and, look, I'm not trying to pile on the L.A. Sheriff's Department. We, we've, we've gone through some pretty serious stuff here at Hillsborough, especially with suicides and – uh, you know, our officers being killed, but I'm looking at a website with a picture. Uh, it's from LA magazine and, uh, the pictures of, uh, Robert Luna, who's the sheriff. And, uh, he had the horrible, 
uh, job to make this uh, press conference notification of four suicides in his agency at one day. And, and again, I'm not trying to pile on him. I am trying to, I, I will illustrate though, uh, it's not just the societal pressures, it's the agency pressures. Yeah. And if you'll remember over the last year, uh, over the last six months t- since he took over, he started uh, turning over investigations to the FBI. He wants to be ultra transparent when uh, instead of uh, just standing up to the community that's trying to take over law enforcement, just uh, listen, I, I understand the need for legitimacy and I understand the need to um, serve the community that, you know, that you're charged with serving, but uh, service and uh, kowtowing are two different things and, mm-hmm. and nothing illustrates it more. And this is just a personal stupid battle that I, you know, I'm having with the record section of LA Sheriff's Department. It's you know, I, I asked for the 911 call from the robbery from that very Winco where they suspended that deputy, and um, you know they they released the body cam footage because California law requires them to do it, but they they released that way in advance of when they were required to do it. They want the media to have that body cam footage, and they want everyone to see we you know what this deputy did, but this tool of the 911 call itself from inside the grocery store could exonerate that deputy. Uh, that's not really important. What's, what's important is that you see uh, how bad this deputy acted and the sheriff gets up there and in grandstands and talks about how it's the worst he's ever seen. And he doesn't understand, you know, you're talking about one of your own deputies for God's sakes. Like, it, it, like he can never make a mistake, first of all. And second of all, you're assuming that he's making a mistake. You're, you're just making that assumption. And then he opened up the investigation of the, the, the guy that punched the girl that was holding the baby that was resisting arrest, just like they all do. And, and, and you know, like, it, he, he turned that over to the FBI and he made a big show out of it. And that happened two years before he even got there. It was just something that he felt like he needed to do. And, and now he wonders, you know, well, why is everybody killing themselves? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, CNN's doing stories about nine and eight and, and, and how horrible nine, eight, eight is. And, um, you know, the sheriff's uh, eating his own for whatever reason. Um, so, uh, there's, there's I, nothing I, more I, demoralizing when you feel like your boss is your enemy, when you feel like he's, he's either, he's either doesn't care about the, the mission that you're on or yeah. that his priorities are elsewhere, or the, the, he's just ultimately not going to back you up. Everything you're going up against in this world, and then, and then you've got a guy who cares more about getting reelected or sure. I, fit, I mean, and I do understand. Go ahead. Yes, and and I understand turning the the ship's not going to turn around on a dime. And and if they have a bad reputation, then obviously he's he's charged with doing. You know, I, I think the previous sheriff was doing just fine, but whatever. Um, but the thing is, um, I, you know, I, I, I would even give him a little leeway, but, uh, his execution is horrible right now. And, and, uh, man, it's, it's seems to me that, um, th- there's a leadership issue of four, of four of your employees are, are, are committing suicide. Like they don't feel heard yeah, or they don't feel like they could turn to some place and, uh, get away with, uh, being anonymous or, and uh, I'm here to tell you, there's there's nothing in that profession that's worth taking your life over. Yeah, uh, you know I've been there. So, well, Drew, uh, we are we, thinking about you. We want, uh, we hope good things. We hope for the best on that, and uh, keep us up to date on that on how that goes. We we know that you're not having a great night, but why don't we switch um, it over to 
a game show, which is supposed to be fun. Hopefully, you know, we could we could cheer you up. I I want to I want to kind of explain how this is going to work. First of all, I want to call to the to the Wolfpack. Like if uh, you're a fan of Drew Breezy, this is the night to call in if ever there was one. First of all, to make him work harder to manage the calls. Yes, Num- number two, uh, to say hi to Drew and uh, cheer him up, let him know that he's got people out there that love the work that he does because he, he puts in a lot of work into the show. Uh, to participate in the game show so we don't look like a bunch of jabronis when we do this game show and we have no contestants. That would save us a, a huge hassle. Here's how it's going to work. Uh, I'm going to play a 911 call. If you're watching live on YouTube, that means you have an edge. First of all, you're live and you'll be able to participate. If you're listening to this and it's in the past, you'll have to use a time machine. You'll see a clue on the screen that you get to read and think about while we're listening to the 911 call. Then Drew and I are going to break it down. We're going to say, hey, is there anything instructive, informative, or interesting in this call? Like we do every week, there'll be some interesting calls. Hopefully by that point, you're on the phone and then you can answer the clue. It's just like Jeopardy. We're calling it Celebrity Jeopardy. Should have been called Celebrities in Jeopardy. These are all Celebrity 911 calls. <laughs> Before anyone uh, asks, no, Matthew Perry's 911 call is not here. That was too soon. We're not doing that. But um, uh, we are going to have some good ones, Drew. Well, I do. I see B-Trav is on the line, and he wanted to talk about some mental health stuff okay. and some suicide stuff. Uh, I, I, so I don't want to break no, the I, momentum. We already have a caller for this. By all means, yes. I'll wait. <laughs> right. So let's just take the call. I mean, not to belabor, but uh, this is certainly it's worth talking about. He's an LEO. Let's do it. Hey, Brian. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm calling for work, as as per usual. I can hear it. Um, but I just wanted to hit on the uh, just kind of overall mental health and suicide, um, and especially when it comes to law enforcement. Um, I don't know if you guys listen to or have uh, ever partaken in, uh, in uh, 10-8, his uh, podcast. Yeah, we were on it. Okay, I I've uh, I'm slowly working through his catalog, and I'm caught up to this current season. But I I don't remember. We did yeah, we did a I, three I hour episode with him called Dispatch Avengers. It's on there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, there, it was three hours. Uh, okay, I'll I'll look for it. Um, but uh, one of the things that uh you know he's kind of hit on over the, over the um as his podcast and uh his kind of view worldview has evolved um and i've heard it from other people too i've seen people leave the career field um and and with the you know the four four separate uh, people in la county that took their lives no matter what the circumstances are i don't know um but it, it it pains me to see stuff like that and to see guys that you know put themselves in such a place because um, and I, and I think this still is kind of an overarching issue with police in general. Um, like it's, it's not an issue, you know, it's, it's okay for people to say, I'm not okay. Right. Um, even if you're a sworn deputy, you know, uh, cop, whatever the case may be, like it's always okay for you to say, I'm not okay. And ask for help rather than you know, the alternative. Yeah, um, most definitely. And there's, I mean, there's, there's so many different things. There's so many different, uh, programs. There's, 
um, different, you know, p- people you can reach out to. Like you said, the 988, you've got, you know, uh, all kinds of different crisis lines. Different places have, um, you know, like specific like mental cri- or mobile crisis, uh, like mental health focused teams. Um, we have two of them here with my agency where it's, you know, a deputy that's paired up with like a licensed clinician. And that's all they do is just deal with people in crisis. Yeah. Uh, we, um, we covered that on the Seattle cares uh, episode and, and, and I get that. I, I think here's the unique uh, thing about this uh, situation that occurred today. I, I, I do um, know that you're talking about suicide and mental health within the profession, uh, but also mm-hmm. just, just to kind of wrap up what, what occurred today with these deputies, th- this guy was in a schizo you know, uh, a paranoid schizophrenia, the schizophrenic episode. We, we had been to his house a couple. First of all, he'd been arrested for battery on a law enforcement officer a couple of years ago. He mm-hmm. made his way through the system. Um, and then uh, we had been to his house a couple of days prior where uh, our mental health people, just like you describe, uh, advised his mom of what to do. I mean, you know, he's a, he's a growing, he's a grown man. And uh, so they advised her to, you know, they walked her through the process of getting an ex parte order, which is a judge's order to take him into custody and uh, maybe uh-huh. have him committed or whatever. So anyway, you stack it. It just so happened that today he had uh, he had another episode, we'll call it, and started beating on his family. So they called 911 and, and we ended up there. So the mental health professionals probably would not have responded to this anyway. But Absolutely. even so... If, if the judge ordered the ex parte order and said, okay, take this guy in, bring him, into, you know, take custody of him and bring him to deliver him to the closest mental health facility, specifically this one, uh, that still would be a law enforcement function. It, it wouldn't be um, like a team effort. Uh, certainly there would be people that were that are trained in crisis, as you know, B-Trap, but uh, uh-huh. like, this would probably, I, I think this would have happened no matter what. Uh, the way it happened, uh, it's just uh, it's a, it's an unfortunate thing. But getting back to what you're saying uh, about the within the profession itself, like when we deal with tragedies like these, like it, sometimes it's tough to even tell the people around you that you know. I I, I still put this on first line supervisors, and I, and I put this on your fellow deputies, like your your. Uh, your zone partners, you don't have to have stripes to be a leader and you don't have to have stripes yeah. or bars to recognize when somebody's shoulders are slumped over yep. and uh, when they're, when they're just not right. And, or, or you're at a call with them and, and, you know, somebody's answering, uh, answering their questions. Two plus two is four. And they're saying, yes, yeah, seven, I got it. You know, if they're just out of it, th- they're probably out of it for a reason. And we need to start recognizing that a little bit more. And, and let's uh, get over this, uh, notion that oh they may be faking it or I, I don't give a shit if they are faking it you know just just take them out of the game and let's let's save their life or let's let's at least give them a fair shot that's uh, I, I think that that's yeah. a, a fair thing to do yeah I 100% agree I mean it, it definitely comes down to yeah who cares that you're a sergeant or a lieutenant or whatever the, the people that know each other best are the guys that are working you know yeah 12 hours a day with these guys. Um, and you, and you can tell, I mean, it would same in the military, you know, you, you can tell when someone's, you know, just not right. Um, because you spend that much time with them. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. 
the, the, the thing that kills me, though, like I said, the, you know, the, I don't know how to, I don't know how to say it best, but just the, the hesitancy to ask for help yes. is what, you know, is what's killing law enforcement. Yeah. Um, Letting their pride get in the way. Yeah, and they're, you know, they're wearing themselves out. They're working, you know, 40 plus hours a week, uh, overtime, forced overtime. Sure. Uh, you know, whatever the reason is, you know, you're working a ton yep. and staffing's horrible pretty much everywhere you look. Yep. Um, but the, I mean, the only way really to, to get through it is just to, well, you know, you hook with, hook up with your partners, your, you know, the people, like you said, your zone partners, your um, guys that you're on the road with and, you know, make it, you know, do something fun, you know, go, go smoke a cigar, yeah. you know, find that like 15, 20 minutes, you know, when you got a little bit of quiet time on break, your shift, you know, break, can't hesitate to say a word. Sure. Uh, <clears throat> break into a liquor store together. I mean, you can do this. <laughs> well, stuff you can do. A, just a little light burglary. Maybe off duty, you know. <laughs> Burn. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Uh, set a fire. Uh, set a fire in the in the redwoods. <laughs> I, I mean, there's so much you could do. Yeah. Uh, listen, yeah. I, I, I joke, but uh, I know that you're serious, and you know that I'm serious, and uh, everybody else. I do. N- knows uh, knows. Look, it's 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 our sense of humor, but. Uh, you're so right, B. Trav, and I appreciate you calling in. I'm going to stick you back in the queue. There's another call uh, coming up, so thank you for calling. Be careful out there, please. I can hear the radio crackling, so be kind to your dispatchers. I know that you have somebody in the family that you value as a dispatcher, and you may have even done that yep. at one, one point, but uh, take care, my friend. Thank you for calling. Uh, Josh, they're back in the queue. I think that we probably okay. need to um, talk to felony melanie she's been dying is, to get on the game show so she could be our first contestant <laughs> but have, have her come on and, and uh give you some good wishes come on on the show are you Felony. here felony oh can you hear me yeah, I oh can hear i can you. hear you can you hear me i can hear you <laughs> it's like our first phone call <laughs> it is hi guys how are you drew i'm thinking about you today i saw your post earlier oh thank you very much i appreciate that um, and I just kind of, hi, John. <laughs> um, I just wanted to touch quickly on the mental health stuff. Um, my husband is a 16 year veteran officer. Um, the department that he works for is fairly small. There's about 11 officers and that includes a chief assistant chief and two sergeants. And, um, I want to say it was probably 2014. The guy who's now the chief, he was actually shot in the arm. So they had to deal with that. We had a dispatcher that actually sadly took his own life about five years ago. And then uh, my husband had a critical incident um, back in 2019. So even though it's a small department, rural area, um, you know, these guys have been through a lot in the last 10 years or so. Lightning strikes everyone. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I know like for my husband, he's, he's almost like the department chaplain. Um, You know, it's a small department. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody's friends with everybody. Everybody hangs out with everybody. And a lot of times if these guys are struggling, they usually come to our house, to our garage, and they sit up in the garage and hang out with my husband because he's just kind of that calm, cool, 
guy to just kind of help them out. They don't even really have to say anything. They just sit and drink beer and watch football, you know, that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's, you know, it's a rural area here, so we don't have a lot of, you know, resources and stuff like that. Um, we might have like a 988, not sure. It's national. But, you have it. You know, okay. But yeah, I mean, that's another thing too, is if you, you know, if you have a close group of guys or gals that, you know, you work with or that, you know, you're friends with, you can lean on them too. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty certain, like, uh, you know, John and I only met once we we physically fought uh in the streets of uh clayton uh pugilist style uh but we we've only met once uh i i know that right now just knowing what i know about him and him knowing what he knows about me um think about uh we could have um like if i were having a bad day i know that i could sit in the same room with john and not say a word and he would not say a word, but we would know somehow we would telepathically communicate and we would both leave and we would be just fine. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it's sometimes it's just of course. It's like you're explaining, you know, just sitting around drinking beer, watching football, although John watches the Cowboys, so he doesn't watch football, but just sitting around watching football um, and, and drinking beer is, it's like, that's, it makes, it reminds you that you're still alive. So, you know, I, I totally get that. Um, John, let's bust in. Let's do it to okay. the. Yeah, we got we got Felony Melanie got right Felony here Melanie. right now. We're okay. gonna put her on the spot. You, you stay on the line, okay? I'm gonna play a 911 call. You can see the clue on the screen, and then Drew and I are gonna break down the call. All right. And I'll read the clue to you, and then you get to answer it. So here we go. I'm gonna play it now. Okay. Here we go. All right. What is the exact emergency? An ambulance. Even ambulance. One right road. I think my assistant looks to be dead. Okay. From a Polaris accident. Okay. In the ambulance. Okay, I have not yet because I don't know what's going on. What is your name, sir? Send the ambulance now. Okay, tell me exactly what happened. I don't know. There's a Polaris. My Polaris is off the driveway, and it looks to be my assistant to be dead. Okay. The body lay next to the front mud. Okay. And I'm, I, I can't Let's take the last. I need an ambulance. Sir, I, I'm going to send you an ambulance, but I'm having a hard time hearing you. Your phone is breaking up badly. I heard you say your Polaris is out the driveway. Send something. the ambulance. Don't this here. Send the goddamn ambulance now. Sir, you yelling at me is not going to help the situation. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on, okay? What's and I'm sorry. Um, we're just, I, I don't know what's going on. We're okay. very upset and shocked. I don't, I don't I understand that. And I'm trying to help. help. Yeah, his phone I know, is I know. up I'm and sorry. I can't understand what he's saying. Can you tell me exactly what happened? Okay. In 2016, this cocky cowboy singer dialed 911 when he found his assistant dead in his driveway. Only God knows why. Melanie. Who is Kid Rock? That is yes. correct. Good job. I'm what I'm most happy about is that the format worked. <laughs> we have played a game show. Uh, uh, Melanie, you can uh, stay on the line in case uh, we don't get another contestant. You could go next. Uh, Drew, let's uh, talk about this one. This one's uh, I think we both have the main thought on this one. I rate callers. Oh my God. 
He was per- being a devil without a cause. He was very good. I you you I knew that you would Thank know you. another song. Uh, so often uh, people call and they come. They they're they're angry, but what they are is they're desperate for help. And what you know, you'll hear it a lot. Like, why are you asking all these questions? He's saying, send an ambulance. He thinks that the dispatcher can punch a button and the ambulance will appear, and nothing short of that's going to satisfy him. Obviously, yeah. Polaris tipped over. Is he trapped? You know, is the fire department needed? Does is he have it bleeding? Does he have obvious deformities? Is he already cold to the touch? Dispatch needs to know these things, so we send the right resources. But I thought this was a great call because it shows how often people call and say, send a goddamn ambulance. You know, they they. <laughs> They don't want to cooperate. They, not they just want it. Uh, they want it all, and, and they want it now. So thank you, Melanie. Good job. If anyone else is uh, is on the line, we'll go ahead and uh, play the next one. I don't know if they are. So I'll just go ahead and play it. Here we go. Here's the next one. And as I said, if you're watching at home, you get to see the clue. They'll play the call, and then uh, we'll go ahead and give a contestant a chance. Here we go. Broken into my house. Like, I'm hiding in the closet. They're in the house now. Um, yes, yes, they are. I just saw them walk into the attic. I have a, a man or a woman. I, I think it was a man. I'm going to stay on the phone with you until the officers get there. Okay. Okay. I want you to let me know if you hear see anything at all. I, I'm I'm in my closet. I don't think you could see anything. I have a safe door in my bedroom, and I've I've locked it, and I'm locked in the closet right now. Okay. Don't hang up. I'm going to be. Dispatch the police, okay? Don't hang up on okay. me. Do you have any weapons? Are you armed? Oh, no, I'm not. I hear someone banging on the door. To your bedroom? Yes. Yeah. 29 suspects now attempting to gain entry to the bedroom. Are they close? I don't, we don't have a way to track where they are. I just know that okay. they've been in route for about four minutes since the okay. officer came in. Okay, there's an officer pulling up now. Not go out there. Do what? I'm sorry. Do, do not go out there. Okay, and just I'm, I'm, have them walk out. I'll stay right here. I'm going to let you know what they're going to do, okay? Is that them knocking at my door? Are you knocking on the door? I hear them. I hear them. And tell them I saw the guy go upstairs into my attic. They're entering. So they've got an open door, them. so they're coming they're, in, okay? I hear them, yeah. Thank you so much for being so Thank you. Okay, they're taking him into custody now. Oh, they have him? They have him. Oh, wow. Hang up. Thank you, man. Okay, thank you so much. The actor's house was broken. Okay, sorry, I didn't edit that properly. Uh, you know, it's an actress who had her house broken up. Here's the clue. This congenial actress was blindsided during a home invasion in 2014. She hid in the closet as the police came at high speed. Do we have a contestant who can answer this clue? Uh, we have uh, somebody by the name of Felony Melanie, Melanie who Melanie, could probably Melanie, answer that. Melanie, this congenital actress was... Oh, is it me again? Yes, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, who is Sandra Bullock? That is correct. Good job. <laughs> that is correct. Excellent job. Yes. Okay. Uh, so that one was interesting because obviously she had someone in- invading her home. This was a guy. I forget his name. I looked it up. Obviously, I learned all about it. He broke into her house. He was not armed. Uh, she, he was arrested. He was charged with stalking and several other things. He ended up taking his life in prison. Uh, but one thing uh, I really liked about this call was that Sandra Bullock was very kind. She said she identified yeah, she herself on the phone call, which I had to edit out. And uh, she, so the dispatcher's like, "What's your name?" She goes, "I'm Sandra Bullock." And he must have just been like, "Cause, cause like sometimes people call and they give fake names, and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm real sure that <laughs> oh no shit, 
I'm, oh, no I'm, shit. I'm, I'm real sure that I'm, I'm talking to John Lithgow or, or whoever's on the line. Um, but that was Sandra Bullock, and uh, that was 100% her. And so in something like that, great, great job. The dispatcher stayed in the line, told her to stay in the closet. Officers entered the house. They went 10-15 with the suspect, told her to stay put. At one point, they uh, they asked her if she was armed. If you have a burglary in progress, always ask your reporting party if they're armed because the cops don't want to find the rightful owner of the house with a gun in their hand. That that makes the situation uh, more tense. So you could it's not that it's not that they have to disarm themselves. It's just you should tell the police officers that the homeowner has a weapon. That's that's yeah. the that's the thing that they need to know. But he did a great sure. job, very professional, and I wanted to dispatch her. Uh, Drew, anything on that before we go to the next one? No, I, I was gonna guess uh, David Spade, but I okay. would have been wrong. Yeah, no. could have been. It was uh, too masculine for David Spade. Yeah, we we have someone by the name of Christy, definitely not John's sister, on the line for the next one. Okay, uh, I'm gonna put her right up in the. Okay, this one's a little business. bit. This one's a little bit of a longer one, so I might just play it and then kind of cut it short. But you'll get to see the clue, and then uh, I'll, uh, I'll we'll play it and discuss. Okay, uh, so, Christy, are you here? What's the phone number you're calling from? Tell me exactly what happened. Oh, I'm here. Oh, somebody's passed out. Somebody what? Somebody's, my daughter's passed out. She's, she's, we're doing math to math. Please get oh, her oh, quick, okay. please. Okay, okay. All right, where are we going to? How old is your daughter? She's 30. Please help. She's 30? She's with you now? Yes, there's someone coming. Yeah, ma'am. You don't have to yell. We're going to send somebody out there, okay? Please. Is she awake? Please, no. Is she breathing? No. Okay, so somebody's doing mouth to mouth? Yes. Okay, all right. Did, ma'am, did somebody see what happened? No. Okay. Is there a defibrillator available? Defibrillator, do we any? No. Okay, listen to me carefully. We're on our way. I'm going to give you instructions. Are you right by her now? Yes, yes. Are you right by her now? Yes, her husband. Okay, listen carefully. I want you to lay her on her back. She is already. On the floor. She is already. With no pillows under the head. Remove any pillows. Is there any, okay? No pillows under the head. No, no pillows under the head. Okay. okay. Now, I want you to take a look inside of her mouth. Is there anything? Kneel next to her and look inside her, her mouth to check for food or she vomit. She up tons of stuff. Is tons there? and tons of water. Okay, turn her to the Cold side. Water. Turn her to the side and wipe out her mouth and nose. Wipe out her mouth and nose. Is there anything in her mouth? Yes. Is there anything in her mouth now? Fast at least twice per second. Yes. We're going to do this 600 times. Yes. 600 he times. Is. He is. Stop. 600 times, okay? Just keep doing compressions. <laughs> Okay, so first of all, that's what real CPR sounds like in contrast to the suitcase case. This woman is uh, bereft, and this dispatcher is giving her, her great directions on how to do it. But here's your clue. The contested 2009 death of this actress has been attributed to intoxication, a heart defect, mold infestation, and even heavy metal poisoning. Christy. Who is Brittany Murphy? That is correct. Good job. To this day, Brittany Murphy's death is one of mystery. I read. Her, uh, her, she, she died, and there were multiple causes of death uh, attributed. Uh, and uh, the, the, I believe the coroner's office said that it was she had pneumonia and she was intoxicated on uh, on pills. Uh, but then, like her father said, it was heavy metal poisoning. Like she was murdered by her husband. But interestingly enough, her husband also died, and then later they found that the house was full of this mold. So they wondered if maybe the Ooh. mold took them both down. Yes. So, 
To this day, we don't know what killed Brittany Murphy. She, she died at 32, the star of Eight Mile and King of the Hill and other things. Uh, yeah, that's. I was going to say, King of the Hill is uh, yeah. one of my favorite shows. Felled in her youth. So good job, Christy. Uh, uh, Drew, did you want me to go ahead Thank and you. play the next one? Or Yes, hello, sister. Did you have more... Uh, did you have any uh, <laughs> thoughts on that one, Drew? Uh, no, I, I was uh, I was formulating. I was thinking that that was uh, Brittany Murphy. Okay. Uh, uh, but, but she didn't live in a trailer. That's a that's a uh, throwback to Eight Mile. Uh, Shrimpy, <laughs> we're going to put you in the queue. You may be. Uh, yeah. What's your address there, ma'am? Is that okay? Okay. Oh, thanks. Yeah, she, Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Okay, she's in the queue. Uh, we'll go ahead and uh, play the next one. Hope, do we have someone in the queue to, to play this round? Uh, yeah. Okay. How about this guy? Uh, the only returning champion we have, the Will. the Loro, the, the laureate of Loro, Will Cray, uh, a fellow by the name of Will Cray. Hey, Will. Yes, I'm here. <clears throat> Will, we have What's your up? we have your personal property. Deadleg has now moved your skateboard from North Carolina to Colorado. So. <laughs> It went straight past your house on its way west. But it's making its way. It's not. It's not. I know. Closer, but it's. I don't know. Someone else has it now, and Deadleg was saying he's just going to take a bunch of photos with it all over the place. I said he hasn't had his property in seven months. Maybe we should just return it. Are you ready? Are you ready, Will? I am ready. Okay, let's go ahead and play it. And how old are you? I don't even know how to use it. Okay, let me give you instructions. Do you have the EpiPen with you? No, I can't find it because I can't think. I'm too free. Okay, all right. Try to relax oh, and try to find oh, your pen. Let me know. I'm Hold on, I'm looking for it. I'm looking for okay, it. Okay, okay. Try to. You need to try to calm down, okay? We got help already on the way. Hold on. Let me know when you okay, find it. Hold on. Where is it? Where is it? How do I use this? Okay, you found it. Let me give you instructions, okay? Helps are, helps already on the way. One second. Okay. Okay. Now what do I do? Okay. One second. Okay. I want you to. I want you to. I want you to unscrew the yellow or the green cap off the epipen. Yeah. All right. Carrying the case and remove the epipen. Okay. Re it's not out of the storage tube. I don't know how to get it out of the storage tube. Get it out of the storage like, tube. You just have to unscrew the yellow or the green cap, twist it off. <laughs> like it's like it's a soda. I, 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 I wish you could see. I'm trying to do that. <gasps> oh, my God. I don't know if there's more in my ear. What's wrong with my Tell me this mute switch isn't working. Oh, my God. Okay, okay, hold on. I can't figure out how to open this. It's not, it doesn't open. The tube doesn't open at all? I took the yellow cap off. You, you, did, you took the cap off? I took the cap off. It's the, 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 out, and I took the blue end off. Okay, let me just let me just follow the instructions. Maybe maybe we're on different uh, levels here. All right, be careful to keep the black tip away from yourself and others to avoid an accident with a needle stick. Okay. You uh, should I? Oh, it says twist, twist. I did twist. It's, that, that part is off. Okay. Now I'm looking and I'm the needle. Okay. All right. Be careful. 
All right, Will, uh, just so you guys all have closure, she did not figure it out before the ambulance got there. She was hospitalized. She was stung in the face by bees, which I guess I empathize with us. Here is your clue. This housewife faced a desperate situation after being attacked by bees in 2021. Will. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Is he going to eject? I didn't watch Desperate Housewives. Dude, dude, dude. I think you got it well, wrong, you know, Will. You know everyone that's been stung by a bee. What have I been talking about? I mean, John has. Yes. <laughs> So this is uh, Kyle Richards. She's a woman who, sto- who stars on Desperate Housewives. In 2021, she was attacked by bees. Apparently, she's allergic, and apparently also, unfortunately, she has no idea how to use an EpiPen. Folks, if you are <laughs> allergic to bees, uh, here's a great idea. Uh, learn how to use that. At least, you know, go, go through the run-through. At one point, she's got the cap off. She goes, the needle's too deep inside for me to use. And he's like, maybe we're on two different levels here. I'm just going to read you the instructions. <laughs> two different levels. I'm just going to read you the instructions uh, so that if you die, it's not my fault. Right. Ma'am, have you ever opened a bottle of water? Have you, like, what? <laughs> I, did, I did truncate the call a little bit there in the middle, but he, he's patient with her a long time. But but she he's just like, I can't figure it out. He goes, he goes you need to open it. Can you open a thing? It's like anything else, you know. <laughs> Do you right, know what open means? Right, let's, let's, tiny let's, lefty <laughs> Lucy Bam. You know. Right. Uh, I will say this: if, if you if you do have an allergy, uh, please go ahead. Uh, will, let's give you another another shot. If you're up for another one, I'll play you another one. If you're interested, you want? Would you like me to? Sure, give why you not? One? I'm going to give you an easy one because. Uh, you know what? You're just uh, you're an old friend of mine, and uh, I want I want I want you to to walk away from this feeling like a winner. So here we go. Uh, here's the next one. Uh, I believe if you get someone over here now to three two five Gretna Green, he's back. Please. Okay. What does he look like? Meyer. I think you know his record. Could you just send somebody okay. over here? Okay. What is he doing there? He just drove up again. This actress dialed 911 in 1993 to report her ex-husband rushing over. The record she mentions is not his 76 touchdowns for the Buffalo Bills. Will. Will. I, I'm going to be honest. I have no idea what you just said. Oh. Um, all I heard was jumble or garble. Oh, Will. Are you watching? Uh, I'm not watching. No. Oh. I'm, I'm All right. Uh, do we have someone else that can answer this question? I'm not going to give this one away. Thank you, Will, oh, for calling God. in. We're giving up on you. I'm keeping your skateboard. Do we have somebody else in the queue that can answer this one? We sure do. I'm okay. sure of it. Who's our next Felony contestant? Melanie. Felony Melanie. Do you know the answer to this clue? 
Uh, who is O.J. Simpson? Oh, that is incorrect. That is not the voice of O.J. Simpson. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay, hold on. Back to the queue you go. Uh, anyone else? Uh, on a technicality, there is somebody named Christy, definitely not John's sister. Christy. Let's see if the shrimpy wimp knows. Do you know? Hello. It's, it's shrimp for short, and they, my answer is, who is Jim Kelly? Oh. oh no. No. I'm banning her to the queue for that reason alone. Everyone in the chats is going nuts. This is why you should call in. I'll take. Is there anybody else that's on the line? I don't want. I don't want to have to give this one away. Honestly, this is the easiest one. There's somebody that I know will know. Oh my god, they're getting it wrong. Get me on. Get me on. All right, all right. I believe that's the voice of Abby Ellsworth. Abby, (laughs) Abby. This actress dialed nine one one in nineteen ninety three to report her ex husband rushing over. The record she mentions is not his 76 touchdowns for the Buffalo Bills. Abby. Nicole Brown Simpson. That is correct. Thank you. you. Good job, Nicole Brown. Dave Louise. (laughs) Nicole Brown dialed 911. No, it's not because we're old. Everybody should know that, I think. (laughs) She mentioned that he drives a a white Ford Bronco. I mean, it couldn't be be easy. I know. Seriously, people. I, I mean... Yeah, uh, I I do pose this question. Like, if you didn't think he was guilty before, you probably never heard that call at the trial. Uh, I think right. I think the public did. I don't think the jury did. Yeah, prior um, bad acts can't come in mm-hmm. in that phase of the trial. Well, and this was this was long before he killed her. Yeah, uh, yep. yeah. Uh, well, not was it long? I mean, it, it was within a longish. Year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then. Uh, by the way, uh, I own a pair of Bruno Molly shoes, just so everyone <laughs> and, and a and pair of gloves that are size too small, no doubt. Abby, uh, why don't you hang in in the queue? And then uh, if, uh, you know, Will obviously was born long after OJ uh, happened, so uh, <laughs> maybe you just have a, a natural uh, advantage over him. Stay in the, in, the, in the chats. We've got a few more to go here. Uh, I'm going to keep with uh, the category of football, so I'm going to present this one next here we go okay, we have, I'm gonna put bone cold up for this one. listen up bone cold 911 hello 911 hello hello this is 911 you are on the line I'm sorry, ma'am. I was trying to hear you, and I'm in the middle of the 95. <sighs> okay, ma'am, what's going on there? There was a man hit in front of me. I was traveling on the road. I saw a dump truck hit the man. Because my husband, he was stuck on the side of the highway. He, didn't get, like, he had to go walk and get gas, and then he said he was returning to the car on the highway. Um, we were on the phone. He said he was going to call me back. I think he was putting the gas in. And I kept calling, I kept calling one answer, and eventually after 10 minutes of calling the phone, eventually cut off, and it's not like it now, and I had a location, and I just want somebody to go in the area and see if his car's there, if he's what, okay, if anything happened to him. What highway was he on? Um, so um, on, on the phone, the location, it says, on the three little highway. So was he walking on 595? You said, was he walking? Yes. On 595? Maybe. Um, it was by, is it by Osa Cola Creek? I'm not going to see. 
Where are you? I'm I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm at home. We were on the phone. Um, he was getting back, and he called me. And so like he's back in my life, his friend, my friend, he'll call me back, and his phone is all dead. He's just standing by himself. He was walking up. All right, so I don't want you to panic, but I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, you do have an incident on the highway, but I can't confirm if that's your husband or not. Do we have a description of him? How often? How long ago? I already. We have we have units in route right now. I think uh, rescue just got on scene. Hang tight. Oh, Drew, uh, what do we think of this call? She's calling for Pittsburgh about her husband. Okay, we have bone cold fleas, Austin. Uh, and I want to know, uh, well, you got to read the clue to him. Yeah, I do. Or you got to read the answer to him. Bone, bone cold, here's your clue. Drafted by the Redskins in 2019, his life tragically ended just three years later. Bone cold. Oh, what it, or who is? Dwayne Haskins. That is correct. Good job, Bone Cold. Of course, you know Dwayne Haskins. He was drafted by your rivals, the Washington Redskins. Played for them for two years. Finally uh, wound up in Pittsburgh. He uh, was uh, he was considered a talented guy. The Giants wanted to draft him, uh, but uh, unbelievably, he was walking down uh, the 595, I believe, in Florida when he was struck by a garbage truck and killed. And uh, uh, there was someone who had a take about him just this summer when they said that Dwayne Haskins is not the kind of quarterback that's going to win the Super Bowl this year, making it the cringiest moment in off-season commentary of all time because, of course, Dwayne Haskins has passed away. Uh, Drew, what did you think of that call? Not the most empathetic, kind of tipped the hand about what was going on too much? What do you think? No. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of confusion, and there, there was a lot of, okay, you want to start that over again? You know what I mean? There's a lot of... I don't. <clears throat> it's it's apparent that uh, the dispatcher was not given uh, the gravity of the situation any uh, any thought. Uh, maybe she was. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> I I thought that personally that it was Fred Bolitnikoff, but uh, I I would have been wrong on that one. It could have been Roger Staubach. <laughs> it, would, it definitely would not be Roger Staubach, who is still no? alive, still alive to this day. So definitely not him. Bone cold. Yeah. Good job. Thank you for calling in. If you want to stay in the queue, Ed Tall Jones. I'm glad you can. Yeah. I'm glad you can name members of America's team. It's no no coincidence that you can. In case you want Tony Dorsett. Tony Dorsett. Okay, I'll go ahead and yes. get uh, the next clue. Bear with me as I bring this up on the screen. Let's see which one should I pick out. Uh, I think we actually only have two left. Okay, so we'll go ahead and uh, play this one now. I want to give uh, Will Cray another shot. Let's get Will back on here. Uh, David Mattel, 20. Okay. All right, this Tejano singer invited the wrong person into her world. 
It was the president of her fan club who shot her in the back in 1995. Will, from the decade before you were born. Yeah. Go ahead. This is way before me, but it's Selena. Good job. Right. Yes. Will got one. I'm so glad that you didn't walk away from this one in utter failure. Good job, Will. Very proud of you. Uh, we'll go ahead. Uh, we'll go hey. to the we'll go to the last clue. But before that, Drew, did, did that bring back any memories of you? Nine one one in nineteen ninety five. You could hear real phones uh, I, ringing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I always wanted to um, to have a uh, ska band called Tejano and Mono. And I, I never got to do that, but she she popularized Tejano. I, I'm sure Tejano has been uh, around forever and ever. Uh, and uh, great movie, it wasn't that? Uh, who was in? Who played Selena in that movie? I don't remember. But uh, no idea. I have no clue. Yeah, um, yeah. She it was the, the president of her fan club. Talk about the ultimate betrayal. Yeah, uh, I guess they were fighting over money, and she decided to leave in a huff. And her uh, her 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 number one fan shot her in the back. This is why I won't be meeting you for burritos ever again. Well, just in case you wondered why, uh, sometimes people with the even limited celebrity will get shot down as as they leave El Loro. <laughs> <laughs> it was J-Lo that was... Uh, J-Lo. Uh, Can you believe yeah. that I, we have a contestant that I've met in real life and this is a, somebody being killed by a fan? I think it's eerie and hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I have uh, Abby back on the line. We're going to we're gonna let her... Uh, Abby, I bet yes. you have something uh, to say. Abby. It, Go ahead. It better not be football. <laughs> right. uh, you, mean, you mean the final clue? Uh, yeah, go ahead. All right. Uh, I, I will bring up the final clue. So hold on one second here. Will I bring it onto the screen? Here we go. And I can't see the screen anymore. You you can't. You said you can't see it? Yeah, you'll have to read me the clue. I'll read you the clue. All right. She's I'm using her phone. Pulling it up here. Uh, yeah, what's your address there, ma'am? Okay. And how old are you? I don't even know how to use it. Okay, let me give you instructions. Do you have the EpiPen with you? Oh, it's playing the wrong no, one. That means that uh, that I probably broke it. For some, some reason, it's the wrong file, which means, unfortunately... By default? Unfortunately, by default. Is it Terry Hatcher? No. Uh, this internet meme star stopped being a real housewife when she found her husband dead in 2011. Are you asking me? Uh, that's the clue. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm the one. Terry Hatcher. I have no idea. I think I'm the one that lost this game. It's Taylor Armstrong. If you look at the um, if you look at the thumbnail for tonight's episode, uh, she's the one in that. I'm meme. confusing. Uh... Okay. Actually, I... it is. I'm confusing Desperate Housewives with Real Housewives. Uh, real see? Housewives. Yeah. Actually, yeah, some are real and some are desperate. Thank you, Abby, for playing along. We adore you please listen to on being a police officer she has a new episode that dropped recently um let me try one more time i think i know i know that i gave it away but we should hear that we should hear the 911 phone call if you don't mind yeah we can hear the 911 call i I do i I do think that that is my favorite meme of all time with the cat you know what i'm talking about where she's yelling at the cat yeah that's her so here's the call yeah i know come here come here What's the address? Come as soon as possible. It's an apartment or a house? It's a house for the okay. second time. Okay, what's the telephone number you're calling from? Okay. It's, it's my cell phone. What is the cell phone number? 
We, we, my friend, just hang himself. Do you understand? Come over here right now. Stop asking questions and come here over here right now. Okay. Listen, we're already on the way. We're already on the way. Okay, sir, I'm gonna ask come, come here, Taylor. Come here, Taylor. It's all right. 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 There's nothing we can do. Okay, sir, can you cut him down? No, I did not. I did not. All right. Is he obviously dead, or is he, is he just hang himself? Or? Yes. Okay, you think he's beyond any help? No, there's nothing you can do. It's a, there's nothing we can do. Okay. 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 So, okay. right. Okay, so there's, how, how old is he? He's 546. Come here, Taylor. Come here, Taylor. He's born in 1946, he was born? No, more or less. Okay. I cannot see that. I cannot see that. I cannot see my friend, my friend, like that. I don't know. I don't know, Ali. I don't know. It's all right. Sir, how long has been there? How long has anybody... We, we just found... He has not been... He has not been responding to anybody for the last three days, and we just came uh, came up to the house, and we finally went in, and that's it. Okay. All right. So he's he's uh, beyond any help, correct? What is that? Sorry. He's beyond any help. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Basically, that's what I'm saying. Okay. I think we're hearing them already. Taylor, have it go away as soon as possible. The, the, the man's daughter is here, so we, we have to get her out of here. Uh, that's her dad? That's, that's her dad. She, that's did, her she dad. Fi- did she find him? She's fine. She's fine. She doesn't, she doesn't know of it. You're one of the neighbors? No, I'm one of the friends who came over because I was concerned. Yeah. I'm not hearing anything. And... Oh, my God. I'm oh, sorry to hear this. This is the worst. It's got to be awful. All right, I wanted to play that call. As you can see, this is my first draft on it before I had kind of the clever uh, clue from Jeopardy. Uh, This is a call dispatchers take every day, and we kind of kicked off the episode on on a dark note, and we're kind of ending on a dark note, but I want you to know that uh, people care about you, and if you're struggling with thoughts of suicide or harming yourself, think about the devastation that you leave behind. You know, someone's going to find you, whether it's your wife or your friend or your daughter, and it's going to hurt them forever. They're, they're going to miss you, and then their memory of you is going to be tainted with this stuff. Uh, the dispatcher did a great job. You know, Even though the caller was desperate at the beginning, saying, don't ask more, any more questions, just send help, dispatcher did a great job. There's not a whole lot you can do in those moments. There's, not a, there's nothing that you can have them do when they're beyond help. Uh, he wasn't going to cut him down. But at the end, he says, you know, I'm sorry for what you're going through. This has got to be awful. So just wanted to play that. Uh, to make sure that that dispatcher got his due, that even on the on the one of the hardest calls, that he's still able to have empathy for another human being. Uh, good job to him. Sorry for the the family. It did turn out uh, okay for uh, Taylor. She found love again. I think she's doing okay. She's she's made she's made worldwide fame as being in that meme where she's shouting at the cat. You know she's so uh, you know uh, to the bereaved. You know where our, our thoughts and prayers go out to you, of course, but. All the more reason why, uh, you know, you shouldn't commit suicide is because of the people that you'll leave behind and the people that you'll hurt. Uh, 
do it for them. Find help for them. Figure it out for yourself. Uh, Drew, as the ultimate judge, who won this game show? Like, Will Will got two wrong. Felony Melanie got one wrong. But it was, yeah, I think it was um, a dead heat otherwise. <clears throat> I, I think, you know, I might have to consult with uh, Josh at some point, but, and we'll have to play the tape back and everything, but uh, before we declare an official winner, which is how elections go nowadays, <laughs> uh, I do believe that Will's uh, inability to answer the Nicole Brown Simpson uh, question, uh, though he was handicapped by his birth year. Uh, I do believe that that actually qualifies him to lose his championship from I think so too. the previous game. I honestly yeah, think so. Unfortunately. We appreciate you calling so in we, because obviously like you're like clearly like probably driving a car right now and like you can't pay attention to what you're doing, Will. Uh, <laughs> so we appreciate you obviously endangering yourself uh, to call into the show. Yep. But I, I'm didn't. not a I'm not a big fan of uh, nepotism. I mean, I, I do believe Abby did a, a stellar job. Felony Melanie was uh, right right where I expected her to be. Uh, I, I I I can't. Did she get one wrong? I don't she, remember she, her getting she one. She inadvertently wrong. said it was O.J. Simpson, and of course it wasn't O.J. Oh who yeah, was that's calling, right. So no, it was not O.J. Simpson. It was O.J. Simpson that was knocking down the back door. But yeah. Uh, so. <clears throat> Which is a euphemism uh, if if you're an adult, but I, I think we're going to have to go for uh, Christy. Oh, uh, my sister one. won. Oh man, that means yeah, I have to won't. be nice to my sister. Well, <laughs> no, uh, it does, that doesn't necessarily mean that either. Oh, okay, but she she did win this round, and um, and uh, she's actually the only champion we have so far because uh, we had to remove somebody's yeah, crown. Unfortunately, Will now owes me a compensatory burrito in the next round. <laughs> uh, Christy, I'm actually really proud of you for knowing that Selena thing that happened when you were yes. a little kid. Uh, so, Aww. and I don't think I don't remember you being a Selena fan. The last I the last time I saw you when we were when we were still living together at the same house, you were like really big into. Um, was it Hall and Oates or who was it you were listening to? I don't remember. It was somebody weird. Uh, I remember because I didn't like hearing the CD and I hid it in a box of cereal where I didn't think you'd find it and dad threw it away. So I'm coming clean about that now. <laughs> I wanted to know where your CD went. That's where it went. I didn't uh, think you would look for it in a box of cereal and dad threw it out. So sorry. It wasn't Hall and Oates, but who was it? Gosh, dang it. Who's it that sings that song, uh, Never Break the Chain? Who is it that? Because I think it's that. That's Fleetwood Mac. Fleet, that's who it is. Of course. She was big into Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, sorry, Kendra. <laughs> well, Kendra's mad. Great. I can't wait till my ex-wife gets to dig on me for all the music tracks <laughs> I've made. She's big into music. Uh, you like James uh, Taylor, former president James Taylor? Uh, I remember you. Yeah. <laughs> you yes, I'm a fan of our... Uh, for your prize, Christy, I'm gonna I'm gonna sing uh, Selena's uh, "Dreamin'." Late at night when all the world is sleeping, I just sit and think of you. And if John loves you too, <laughs> this is okay. our weirdest. Because I'm dreaming. What's that? This is the weirdest episode. <laughs> we're all over we the place from, in terms of like yeah we are all over the place emotions that's like fine you're fake singing and i'm pleading with people to make the choice to save their lives <laughs> uh <laughs> gosh uh 
I really enjoyed that that game show. We've been promising that for a while. To be honest with you, aside from the hiccup there, where I obviously wrote the wrong file, uh, it's very easy to do. If you guys are interested in doing further uh, celebrity uh, Jeopardy or celebrities in Jeopardy, we could do that if you want to do another game show. Thank you. Yeah, we're gonna do a mute. I think we're going to do a, a musical edition next time. Yeah, we should. Uh, thank you to everyone that called in. That's our record number of callers. It was like nine callers. We had, we had B-Trav. We had Felony Melanie, Will Cray, Bone Cold, Abby, my sister. Man, everybody really showed yeah, up tonight. Um, th- there is no greater sign of uh, growth than um, recapping the names of every caller that you had on the show. I mean, well, we could have just left it as is, but sorry. that's fine. We'll edit it that's out. That's okay. Do you you can go- never break the chain. No. Did you want to go to voicemails? Oh, please. Uh, we have some this week. Actually, uh, when I say we have some, we actually just have three from Jim. Jim really thought a lot about our chainsaw <laughs> call last week. <laughs> and um, for the sake of narrative, obviously, like, uh, you know, uh, I'm just, I put them all together. So we'll go ahead and play his voicemail now. Hey, John, this is Jim from Florida. Just finished listening to the Nevada Chainsaw Incident broadcast. Very good on your part. Love the insight on the ASP and the proper use of the ASP. A little disappointed that Drew uses Wikipedia as a prime source of information He's a and reliability. But, hey, you're the bright shining star on the network. Keep up the good work. This is a question for John. Uh, chainsaw episode question. I've noticed uh, through my time that, unless it happens and I'm not aware of, that dispatchers just don't ask what the suspect's name is. Do you find that to be the case? Yes, I do, Jim. Uh, to be honest with you, it's something I miss sometimes where it's like it's such an obvious question. Like, do you know the name of the person who burglarized your house or whatever? Or do you know the name of the person who's threatening you? Um, sometimes it's just so obvious that you forget it. I think in this case, the reason why they didn't ask the name was because it was such an, uh, an urgent thing. The cops are going to get there. They're going to get the guy with the chainsaw with that excellent description they gave out. And at some point, they're going to ID uh, him. Uh, they should have asked for a name. I'm guessing, I'm, I'm just guessing, but I don't think that the Motel 6 guy would have been, he didn't know what the heck was going on, so he wouldn't have known the guy's name. So, yes, Let me some, tell you, sometimes and, we forget. Drew. Right. And, and Jim's, you know, a former homicide detective from what I understand. I, I've read his LinkedIn once. And he knows that if you ask the Motel 6 guy what's what's his name, if the guy's a registered guest, he's just going to tell you to get a subpoena. So. I uh, I know Jim. There goes from, that theory. I know Jim from the Wikipedia page that I wrote about him. All right, <laughs> we'll go ahead and finish this voicemail. Wondering a point to make about the chainsaw case. If I remember correctly, you said it took three years to clear those officers of any wrongdoing. Yes. Well, yes. I don't understand what could take three years. The facts are either. what the facts are. Apparently. The suspect is dead, so any review, uh, especially with body-worn camera footage, should have taken a shorter amount of time than that unless they were just waiting for any type of civil action uh, from the suspect's family. So just want to get your take on that. Keep up the good work. Bye. Drew, you go ahead. Yeah, we... we we actually did talk about that briefly, I, I, and I think somebody in the chat mentioned something that there was uh, perhaps an election in the middle of that or something like that, but 
I think that that was completely unnecessary. Um, and could you imagine the stress uh, that you're under, um, not knowing if you're going to be indicted, you know what I mean? For three years, like, you know, it's probably clean, but you don't know for sure. Uh, you know, I, I, I work with a couple guys that had a, a, a bad traffic crash with a guy. Uh, they, they ended up running them over. Um, it was dark out and all this other stuff. And the, the, the biggest flaw in, in, in our profession is that we don't talk to one another as it is the communication. And these two guys were brand new and, you know, it really was kind of, uh, perhaps unavoidable and uh but they didn't know that and it got turned over to our legal and it got turned over to the detectives then the state attorney was going to do something and and nobody kept them apprised of anything they were allowed to come back to work after a couple days and uh like you know nobody really told them they were you know what i mean it's just uh, but I, I can't imagine going three years like that that's uh so jim brings a great point i mean you know he he knows the the process and um, I, I, I don't remember what the reason was. Somebody did say it in the chat, but we'll, I don't, we'll I don't remember. Jim theorizes that it was a civil thing. We know that the, uh, if he was convicted in the criminal court, that could be used as evidence against him in the civil, uh, That's true. which is problematic because the civil court, the standard of, of the burden of proof is preponderance of evidence. So once you've already got right. the criminal conviction, you're pretty much screwed in civil court. However, I don't think that there's, there's no reason to delay or forestall that because couldn't the... Couldn't they, you know, still sue them even after the fact? Couldn't they still sue them now? I mean, is there a limit, a reasonable limitation on how long? Yeah, I, I don't know action? if there's a statute of limitations on on no. the civil side like that or not. So uh, yeah, they they still could. I I don't know why it took that long. I I've read some cases that that it just seems to take that long. But yeah, this is ridiculous. It's not it's not like he could testify in anything. The body cam footage was clear. He was ramming a police car going the wrong way, failing to respond to commands. He had he was attacking a guy with a chainsaw. Yeah, a chainsaw. <laughs> Totality right. of the circumstances, you know, just to me, really uh, yeah. shows it. Carly and Beignet, I assume it's the dog giving us four ninety nine. It's Beignet that's got the money yes. over there since he's got more followers than me on Instagram. Uh, right. Dead and leg. Can count the chain with his little paws. Deadleg, thanks for screening our calls tonight. We appreciate you as always and your your throaty, raspy voice that you've got right now because you're sick. Um, yes, sir. Thank you, Deadleg. Uh, Drew, uh, did you want to give us a preview of tomorrow's show before we sign off? Tomorrow's show is going to be with Tom Rizzo, author and uh, presenter. Uh, of uh, He's a captain at a, a law enforcement agency in the Northeast, but just a dynamic guy. He's a human, a, a great human being. Uh, it reminds me in a in a in a certain way of. Uh, in fact, we kind of talked about uh, somebody like somebody like Jim from Florida, who uh, I still to this day maintain is just a great human being who just happened to be a cop, and and it's kind of rare in this prof profession to find people like that, and that's the vibe you get from Tom Rizzo. Don't miss that tomorrow. He's uh, he's got takes on leadership. He's got takes on, uh, you know, he he answers uh eric tansy you know he entertains Aaron, eric tansy for uh quite a while and uh there's there's plenty to uh watch and see and do so uh come join us for the the interview with uh tom rizzo in fact i have to edit that when uh we get off of here because it cut out right in the middle <laughs>
Oh no! Uh, but fri- Friday is not the only else had technical problems. Friday is not the only show that we have to look forward to. Of course, on uh, Sunday night you can uh, catch up with your conspiracies and your strange happenings on Night Shift TSI. That's with Anthony Ramondi and Eric. And then on Monday is Uncuffed with Jay Darrell White. He's a former cop turned comedian, or in some order, and he takes on all the news of the day and. Uh, Tells you jokes about it to help you feel better. On uh, Tuesday is true crime with me and my ex-wife Kendra being forced at the point of a gun <laughs> of the law to do a true crime podcast. We've changed that podcast a little bit. We're going after other stupider true crime podcasts who have stupid anti-police sentiments. We're calling them out, not by name, but playing their stupid takes. Can't miss that. On Wednesday, all the news you need with Deadleg, presuming he survives. Uh, to Wednesday, he'll give you all the news you need so you don't sound like an asshole. I'm advising him to ignore all Western medicine and even holistic care to preserve his deep, throaty bronchitis voice. And then, of course, on Thursday, we'll be back here next week for another episode of the Communications Room with Lieutenant Andrew Baxter. Uh, guys, uh, send your messages to Drew. Uh, thanks so much, Drew, for uh, being here tonight. We appreciate all you do around here. On behalf of everyone here except for Dead Leg, guns up, getty up. Good night, America. If you don't love me now, you will never love me again. I can still hear you say you will never love me.